way, people. Friday, 2nd of June, 2023. Welcome to Counterspin. I'm your host, Calvin Alp. Hannah unable to make it. She's doing mum duties, but she hopes to join us shortly for some sanity and some um, respite from me. <laughs> anyway, on tonight's show, we have a tragic story. Um, a man by the name of Peter Gillacantabrian. Uh, to all intents and purposes, to all accounts, uh, a bus- great family man, businessman, um, community-minded, Typical Kiwi bloke, give the shirt off his back until one day um, he purchases a, purchases a property and his life from that point on spirals down out of control. You won't want to um, miss this. We'll be covering him shortly. But in the meantime, um, I want to uh, let you know that anyone in the Hamilton area, um, the Hamilton Residents and Ratepayers Association, are inviting people to a meeting regarding the Hamilton's 20-minute cities, uh, Deputy Mayor. Angela O'Leary, Councillor Mark Davis, and we'll be discussing uh, that. You'll find that, of course, um, the 8th of June, 6.30, Fairfield Baptist Church Hall, 11.01, Hefe Terrace. They'll be answering and addressing everything from what is a 20-minute city, how will it affect you, will it restrict your movement, how much it will cost, and you name it. Uh, basically, Samantha Edwards will also be there uh, talking. I think she'll be at the second hour. Um, but if you want to find out all about the 15-minute concepts, go to Bandop Video. Councilman Media Channel, and you will find a Samantha Edwards report there on the 50-minute city concepts and the research that's gone around that. Um, another thing that was brought to my attention today, which I find found quite uh, interesting, was this clear blue, clear blue pregnancy test. It's sealed. I'm going to open it up. I just want to ask you, the audience, why? Why, when you are either happy or sad that you're pregnant, um, you're meant to urinate here, of course, stand it this way, fully immersed, and um, it travels up and it lets you know here if there's any, uh, maybe or not. But if you open this up, right back here, where nothing touches it, you have a pill. Yet the pill is not mentioned anywhere on the case or the packaging. So if someone can get hold of us, info at councilmanmedia.com, tell us what this pill is. Is it an abortion pill? If so, why is it not mentioned and why didn't they have keep out of way of children? That would be interesting to know. I got that um, shout out to Kerry and Samantha over in uh, North Shore there in Auckland. They um, called me. I thought they were bonkers at first, thought they might be drunk, something like that, but no. I went and bought them. I bought this from the warehouse next to uh, the chemist next to the warehouse in Manukau City. Um, funny bloke going in, you know, trans people these days, doesn't matter. Uh, probably thought I was testing myself. Um, and there it was. And it was true, exactly what they said. Apparently they saw it on TikTok. Can't believe everything you see on the on the on the wave. So we thought we'd test it. And there it is. We'd just like to know what you think about that. If you can get back to us. Um you'll also know that uh recently the there was an address by Dr. David Martin in the European Union. Um, we're going to pay you, play you a bit of a clip on that, but because we want you to stay to the end and get 
everything he said in that 20 odd minute address and it's something you don't want to miss he brings the receipts and it's quite devastating he takes everything back from 1965 right up to present day and basically confirms everything councilman's been saying is correct against all things so if you um want to stick around for that uh watch this clip and um i'll tell you what my thoughts straight after it and in 1967, the year I was born, we did the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. Isn't that amazing? 56 years ago, the overnight success of a pathogen that's been 56 years in engineering. And I want that to chill with all of you. Where were we when we actually allowed, in violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties, where were we as a human civilization when we thought it was an acceptable thing to do to take a pathogen for the United States and infect the world with it? Where was that conversation? And what should have been that conversation in 1967? That conversation wasn't had. Ironically, the common cold was turned into a chimera in the 1970s. And in 1975, 1976, and 1977, we started figuring out how to modify coronavirus by putting it into different animals, pigs and dogs. And not surprisingly, by the time we got to 1990, we found out that coronavirus as a infectious agent was an industrial problem for two primary industries, the industries of dogs and pigs. Dog breeders and pigs found that coronavirus created gastrointestinal problems, and that became the basis for Pfizer's first spike protein vaccine patent filed, are you ready for this, in 1990. Did you hear what I just said? 1990, Operation Warp Speed, I'm sorry, Where's the warp and the speed? Pfizer, 1990, the very first spike protein vaccine for coronavirus. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it fascinating that we were, we were told that, well, the spike protein is a new thing. We just found out that that's the problem. No. As a matter of fact, we didn't just find out it was not just now, now the problem. We found that out in 1990 and filed the first patents on vaccines in 1990 for the spike protein of coronavirus. And who would have thought? Pfizer. Clearly the innocent organization that does nothing but promote human health. Clearly Pfizer. The organization that has not bought the votes in this chamber and in every chamber of every government around the world. Not that Pfizer. Certainly, they wouldn't have had anything to do with this. But, oh, yes, they did. Well, that's just a teaser. What he has to say through the rest of his address is devastating to Pfizer, to everyone who's had a hand in the jabs. So um, another a key component he, he mentions in his address is the spike protein, is the thing that actually seems to be causing a lot of harm. And it gets shedded and transferred and then starts infecting chain. It's almost a chain reaction of infections. Um, to want for a better phrase. And this is why we've recently partnered with Extra Life, who have created a spike detox protocol. Um, because you may or may not be helped by this product. We believe you can be, um, because the uh, proven ingredients are in there that deals with those types of anomalies seen in the results of this jab. So um, we're gonna play you 
uh, more of an explanation of the product, the Spike Detox product. If you go to the Extra Life website, of course, um, enter promo code CSM, you'll get $10 off all purchases you make. Um, each order is a separate order, therefore you get $10 off each one um, each time you visit, each time you order. So watch this, and when we come back, we will get back to um, Peter Gill and the tragic story that unfolded with his life spiraling downhill. Slow recovery. Virus infections, injections, connections can all leave a toxic residue. Spike proteins are the hooks on the outside of the virus that attach to your cells. Spike proteins fit like a key into these ACE receptors, unlocking cellular walls. Spike proteins are still found in the body months after an exposure, leaking from the intestine into the bloodstream, hitting ACE receptors which can disrupt normal blood and heart processes, meaning slower recovery for people who can't break them down. Spike Detox is a formula to support your body in normal functions, including detox, after exposure to glycoproteins. Inspired by four everyday plant medicines, two plants that support cells, two plants that support detox. Cell support, supercomputers predicted black seed and quercetin have molecules that fit the ACE receptor to protect it, supporting normal heart and blood, and normal cell walls. Detox support, Spikes are glycoprotein. Some people can break down glycoprotein quickly. Others benefit from extra support. Pineapple's bromelain enzymes break down glycoproteins, like when pineapple juice tenderizes steak. Bromelain dissolves glycoproteins, supporting natural detoxification for people who need it. Acetylcysteine is a stable form of amino acid cysteine inspired by similar compounds in garlic, an antioxidant powerhouse shown to increase bromelain's ability to dissolve spikes. Spike Detox supports normal heart and blood, supports normal cell walls, supports natural detoxification, because not everyone is bouncing back quickly. Spike Detox is available from extralife.co.nz. Enter promo code CSM at checkout for $10 off your order, and Extra Life will make a special donation to Counterspin. Extra Life for maximum longevity. I purchased this property here. There was advertised as being residential, so it's got two old churches on it. One's 140 years old and the other was built in 1955. Um, my plan was to turn one into a dwelling and the other into a hall and a tennis court for the community to use free of charge. But the real estate agent mucked up on the advertising and it's not residential. So the Wymac District Council will not let me live in their dwelling. So I've had to start up my own church. It's the only way around the law. So I've started up the Dilligaff Church and that's Basically, if you want to know what that means, you have to research it yourself. And the council said that I can live here if I pay around $50,000. Now, in my opinion, $50,000 is a waste of time when I've already purchased residential and it's the real estate agent that's made the muck up. So it shouldn't be my cost to fix it.
So at least the buildings have all been painted up and it puts a smile on people's faces. I've had about 50 or 60 locals call in already and they all love it. One person didn't, obviously, because it's a church, but it all makes people smile as they go past, so that's the main thing. I think if the real estate agent doesn't come to the party and turn it into residential for me, I have to let my followers give me a percentage of their wage and then they can use their church 24-7 and what they do in my church is their own business. Um, I've tried to do everything right with the council, but the council's not playing the game. All they want to do is suck money out of people. $50,000 to get it changed over to residential is just ridiculous. I mean, to press enter on a computer, 50 grand. I have to, if I want to make 50 grand, I've got to get out of bed at 2am and work until 10 o'clock at night, so I refuse to do it. But if I start up my own church, who's the good man up there, whoever he is, whoever I believe in, says that I'm allowed to sleep in my dwelling if I want to sleep in my dwelling. It's got a new well, it's got a new septic tank, it's up to code, it's got insulation, so why aren't I allowed to sleep in it? And now we have Peter Gill joining us to help break this story down and to give us the narrative of where he once was to where he is now. And it's a story after going through the files that anyone would be hard pressed not to feel for this man. Welcome to the sh welcome to the show, Peter. Yeah, well, thank you for having the time. So, um, before all this lovely government, I had two successful businesses, um, three kids and a lovely wife. Um, we do a lot for the community. The wife runs animal rescues, and we feed a lot of people. Um, try our best to be nice humans. Um, of course, coronavirus happened, so businesses got a bit quiet, and I'm quite good with my hands. That's probably the only thing I'm actually good with. So there was a couple of old properties down the road for sale, and I've got three kids, so later on in life they need a place to live. So I purchased these two old churches that, that were turned out to be a bit of a bad mistake. Not my bad mistake, other people's bad mistakes that's caused chaos. So just, just hold it right there, it's just so people uh, understand. You decided yourself to purchase a property uh, that had two dwellings on it, and for obviously to rent out as a um, a supplementary income, and then to later on forward planning for your kids' future. Yes, definitely. So um, they were advertised as residential, so I've jumped through all the hoops. They were two old churches, so I knew they were two old churches, but people live in churches everywhere. Um, so they were advertised as one-bedroom, one-bathroom residential. I knew I needed to do a lot of work to them to bring them up to code. Um, so I was planning on renting them out for about 10 years. When my kids get older, the mortgage will be paid and my kids have got a place to live cheap. Um, that was my goal, cheap rent in the meantime. So solar panels, new well, just spent over $100,000 on them basically the day I bought them. Um, kitchens, heat pumps, you name it, it got put in there. And now it turns out with the lovely council red tape, not allowed to do that. So let's, so let's, um, take tried it, run let's take it from the point you actually bought them. Who did you purchase this property off? Um, it was advertised from, I can't actually, I'm not by law, I'm not allowed to mention the guy's name because he's got everything under me under the sun. Okay, well, tell you the I'll, I'll, I'll tell you Piro. who it was. It was yeah, Mike Piro Real <laughs> Estate. Um, we're not bound yep. by that ourselves yeah no, but I, I am yeah but we're not so you have to worry about that um because i 
consider after what I've seen and other related do- official documents that um, this story, that's why you're here because we only deal with yeah, facts and evidence and we want to make sure that the, that they get out there to the public. Um, and so Mike Piro real estate in your area. Yep. You purchased um, the property so was, from. Yep. It was advertised. It was advertised online. So I printed out all the information online, did my due diligence um, it was definitely advertised as one bedroom, one bathroom residential. That's what it said in the ad. That's what I believed it to be. I mean, <laughs> what else could it be? Um, he edited the ad multiple times after I purchased it, though, at one thirty in the morning and 3.30 in the morning after yeah, he well, found what, out. What was the timeline? What was the timeline? We don't want to jump too far ahead. Yeah. We don't want to speed everyone through this. I want them to understand that this tale isn't just a – it didn't just happen overnight. This is a systematic, almost controlled demolition of your life. Yes, so I want definitely. people to feel what you've felt because this is playing out all over the country in different in different respects. You know, different industries like yep. this. The whole scamdemic just eviscerated people's lives and businesses and homes. So I want people to understand how this has affected you, your family, and especially your emotional stability, which yep. we will get well, to be- as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's just turned my life upside down like before i was a successful worked my ass off to pay taxes to look after people giving money away to charity every year try my best to help people um because that's what karma you help people you get help back yeah but this time around when this has all gone wrong there's no karma there's no helping back they've just all ducked for cover um and you go down the complaint process and it takes its toll because it drags out for years and years and years like this this has gone on for three years. Um, how, much so would you say, how much would you say you've conservative, conservatively spent on fighting this? Oh, just fighting it alone would probably be 20 or 30 grand on lawyers, but the loss of rents over $106,000. Um, me not being able to run my businesses no more, all because of this. We're up to in the millions. <laughs> I don't even want to work out how much it is because you'd start crying all over someone else's mistakes. And this says, as we said before, this was a property you purchased for future-proofing your life, basically, um, yep. from Mike Piro Real Estate. It was advertised as a one-bedroom, one-bathroom property. We have the the ads ourselves, so so we know that's, that's factual. And we have seen the edits and the timeline of the edits as well. We know that's factual. Um, so you... Looked at that, you thought, right, I'm, I've got this. I'm going to future-proof my life. This is all good. I'm good with my hands. Things are a bit um, laxed at work. Not as much business yep. going on, not as busy. So I can turn my hand to that while the others ticks away in the background. By this yep. stage, you're still okay. You're still doing pretty good. Oh, you then decide sweet. to back to back up your first initial purchase uh, just prior. And then you thought, right, I'm going to get a second opinion. Who who did you? What company did you go to? to then make sure that that was checked, you know, to sort of double, oh, yeah. make a double check. To get a mortgage on the property, I had to go and get an evaluation report done. So you pay to get an evaluation done. So that was a 33-page document. His report states single dwelling, small lifestyle property. So dwelling means house or a place to live, small lifestyle property. And also on page 22, it states chances of needing resource consent, one star out of five or something like that. So yeah. it's, Pure and day, it states, still done. and it turns out it's not. 
Um, but because you can't trust humans no more in this country, I even went to the council, the Waimakariri District Council, to inquire so about was, the property. I was in there. So this was for the so this was for the triple check, right? Just to make sure yep, that you had the, check. the yep. hatches battened down. Yep, like you you got to triple check everything these days. So I yep. drove into the council, got to speak to the lady at the front desk, and said, "Hey, look, I'm looking at purchasing in these two old churches, and I want to make sure they're residential." Her, her answer back was, "Of course, they're residential. What else would they be?" After she entered it into the computer. And then I also wanted to make sure I could rent them out individually because I was a bit QE on that, if you know what I mean. I wasn't 100% certain if I was allowed to on one property. And this lady said, of course you can rent them out, as long as they're bought up to code. So I phoned up my lawyer 10 minutes after and said, go ahead with the purchase. Um, the following week, I would have spent over $100,000. Um, yeah, carport, sonal panels, wells, septic tanks, just getting it so I could live in it straight, well, rent it out straight away. As um, soon as it's done, that means it's bringing in income to pay my, my mortgage. Yeah, but and, no. And you actually, you actually at this point, you after that, you realised that you were sold a lemon, and you had all this. Well, basically, you, you couldn't do what you wanted to do. The whole reason you purchased it and you checked. Yep, that's what the ad says. I just double checked by getting the report to get the mortgage. Yep, that's done. Cool. I'm now going to go to the council. Yep, excellent. All things line up, call the lawyer, property purchased, and then things started going downhill. At what yep. point so the, did after you discover I, it was a lemon? Um, after I bought it and started to spend a lot of money on it, to get the new septic tank and you need to go to Environment Canterbury and pay another stupid fee to get a septic tank in your own property. Um, and they said, oh, what are you doing to the churches? And I said, well, the residential, I'm doing them up as two dwellings. And they were like, oh, no, you're not allowed to live there. It's rural under four hectares. Um, that's when I got a bit of a shock. So I went back to the council and said to the council, I said, look, I've purchased this property. I got told it was residential. Oh, uh, no, it's not. You've got to pay like, I think that first day they said $50,000 and got to wait a couple of years to change their computer system because it's registered as a church and you're not allowed to live on church land apparently. So... That's when I went back to the real estate agent. I think that was a roughly a hundred. Yeah, that's when he started editing the ad at one o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the morning. I've got all the screenshots to prove that. Yeah, we, we have we've got them here. Um, that's when. In fact, yeah, I know. Um, it's a record. If you, if you haven't done something wrong, if you haven't done something wrong, why are you up at that time in the morning editing stuff? Like, come on, it's exactly. not the country we live in. And as I said, it's like a racket, isn't it? Funny how you've got you're prohibited from doing something unless you pay a substantial fee. Councils are all about yes. that. No, I'm sorry, yep. it's non-compliant. Well, if it's non-compliant, it's just non-compliant. How can, just like our mythical climate change, you know, done by whatever, we can solve it by taxing you into oblivion and all of a sudden yep. we'll make the weather better. You know, and it's the same type yep, of thing that's... here. The council says, you pay us, we'll make it all better for you or go away. Um, but, of well, course, you didn't stop there, no, did the, 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 the fee that they wanted me to pay was ridiculous and you had to pay it up front and there was no guarantee. So they wanted me to pay $20,000 deposit with no outcome, um, even though that they told me it was residential. So I've jumped through some hoops that were on fire and then I put stuff it. I'll keep it as a church. I'll start up my own religion. Um, and apparently I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to do that either due to the fact that um, my religion's not real. Now I'm not lying. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a real estate agent, so I don't know how to lie. But, um, <laughs> of course, my religion was made up. 
Um, but every other religion's made up. So they then they started charging me rates on the property when I wasn't allowed to live in it, wasn't allowed to rent it, wasn't allowed to do anything with it. It never paid rates for over a hundred years, but now I own it. They want me to pay rates. Now there's been some newspaper so, articles because I want to keep people engaged here. I want to I want to have them follow us. There's been newspaper articles of you when you were basically, and you mentioned before, of course, your YouTube uh, videos and stuff. Um, where you you were basically yeah. taking the piss. I mean, you couldn't believe this was actually a real happening thing. You thought sooner or later you're going to wake up, it's going to be, hey, you know, candy camera type thing. And it, of course, it hasn't gone that way at all. And um, we'll get into the more tragic side of this shortly. Um, but for those who don't know, uh, Peter started up a church or a religion called the Dilly Gaff Church. For those unaware of what yep. that means, it means, do I look like I give a expletive? So um, that was, in your mind, a, basically an affront to them, a, a piss take, correct? Yeah, well, it was more of a um, just the red tape and the bureaucrats killing the small man, the person that's working their ass off. It's just wrong that they've got that much power to destroy my life and income when they made the mistake. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, stuff it, I'll play their stupid games and – I'll just keep it as a church because it's been a church for a hundred and something years. So it might as well stay a church. Then I don't have to pay their stupid fees. But of course, then my insurance got canceled. The mortgage got withdrawn, put onto my family home. And then the shit really started at the van. Um, and so, it's all. Yep. So, so Mike Pure real estate, real estate, then backed up by Anderson and associates who did yep. the uh, report. Um, so well that they even copied basically a lot of the information and, and pushed it over They to the point they were even copying spelling mistakes. Yes. And, things and like also that. the, also the wrong year of the church. Yeah. I think on one of the ads, there is exactly the same wrong year on the real estate ad to the valuers ads, exactly the same wrong year. Um, it's only out by 20 or 30 years, but it's almost back before white civilization in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but you don't look at that when you, I just looked at the, the first main cover sheet you don't start researching stuff until stuff's gone wrong yeah that's true so we, we, we've got we've got it all here the land transfer all that type of thing so tell me how many people apart from you going back to them and saying hey you told me this i bought in good faith you also contacted um your local minister local uh um, electoral representative Oh, that local MP. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Matt Ducey. <laughs> yeah. Minister of what? Something. Um, nah, he's got no power over local council to change anything. The mayor, lovely man, um, he's been charged for election fraud. He's had to pay $88,000 for bullying in the workplace. And before wow. he got elected this year, I shared that. And from, I shared it online and I had the police knocking at my door saying I was deframing him or doing damage to him. Um, I was sharing links to his articles <laughs> yep. that were true. And it's just an eye-opener to how this world works. But the peasant at the bottom, that's me, just gets hammered. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And then you, then you start down the complaint process and I start turning into a Karen and complaining. Um, and that just drags out for that long. Like I'm still waiting on the ombudsman complaint about the council. How long has um, that been? How, how long has that been in play? How long has that been that uh, ombudsman 
uh, decision. I was making a plate was I think they they closed it after three months and then it got opened again and then it's been open for probably seven or eight months now. I got some information back last week, and that states if you go through it, it just states that the council got no proof that I was in there, but they admit that I was in there, but they've got no proof on what they told me. And if if I went in there and asked the question, they would not give me that answer. Um, yeah, just trying to get themselves out of the hole because they know that they've got on it. Yeah. But it's just, it's that, okay, the real estate agent made a mistake. He should own up to his mistake from day one and I wouldn't be in this predicament. My life would be sweet. I'd still be running my business and I'd still be happy. But of course, I'm fighting that hard that it's taking its toll on me mentally, physically, emotionally. The kids are upset. The wife's upset. We're struggling. All because of the people at the front that should own up, don't want to. Now, it's sad that it comes to that. Now, if you go through all that documents, the REA's decision was never advertised incorrect. And on the same page states that it was advertised wrong online. But me as a consumer should have known that. Yeah. How do you yeah. know something's advertised wrong online? And, oh, and, you, and you looked at the Fair Trading Act and the, with the Commerce yep. Commission and all that, and that just comes back with a buyer beware, does it? Yep. Um, so advertising standards have, are Friday. Exactly. So why do we have licensed real estate people who should know damn better selling you a bill of goods? And like you said, could have been sorted early, but instead this has sent your life into a spiral. Yep. Well, they when they when I first went to them and said, "Hey, look, there's made a mistake. Um, let's go to the council together and split the bill." I'm keen on splitting it fifty-fifty to get the problem sorted because I mean, hey, look, they, people make mistakes. And they said, "No, they wouldn't do that. They'd they'd sell them again for me free of charge." And I said, "Sweet, will you sell them as residential?" No, we can't do that because they're not residential. And I said, "Well, hang on a minute. You sold them to me as residential, and if I would lose all that extra money that I spent on them." So I'd still be out of pocket. True. But that just admits that how much they made a mistake. Like they, they, they said that it wouldn't be allowed to sell it as residential, but they can sell it to me. So what was your what was your mortgage um what was your mortgage total that you were in Hock for? Uh, on that property I was only oh, I was only a hundred and eighty thousand dollars on that property, but I've got another family home down the road. Um we live on ten acres, we live off the land, we Grow our meat, grow our own vegetables, and live kind of a happy life in the country. That's what all New Zealanders, all New Zealanders should be. Um, Definitely, I 100% agree. If you eggs, meat, nothing, no chemicals, and anything, we live happy. We I just want to coronavirus. Yep, I want to crunch the numbers. We don't get sick. You don't get sick exactly, um, because you're you're actually fortifying your immune system by eating healthy and being out in nature instead of cooped yep. up, not talking to your neighbours and getting jabbed up to sundry. Um, yeah, definitely. So, one hundred eighty thousand was the purchase price for the property with the two dwellings, and you spent how much to um, do it up? But it, how- oh, I spent I spent over one hundred thousand dollars, not including my time. So we've got like thirty thousand dollar carport from <laughs> that's another funny one. A um, hundred square meters of solar panels installed as a carport. The council said I need resource consent for that because it was too close to the dwelling, and I said, well, it's a church; it's not a dwelling now. So they wanted me to pay eight or nine thousand dollars consent to get a car solar panels installed when you don't need it. <laughs> they got a way just, of they got just, a way of scamming you no matter which way you go away. Eh? They say, right, you can't do that, but if you go yep. fifty grand, we can change it. 
Oh, okay, was, that's off was, the table. That, well, now we're going to charge thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars to press enter on a computer. Now, come oh, on. I know. But the and as a one of the buildings is historic, so it needs to be looked after. Like that's what I bought it for. It's just cool memories. It's been there. The the trees that are on site were the second trees, and the they came into the second ship into New Zealand. The oak trees. I found a tennis court at the back that was 96 years old, and I was going to reinstate that so the community could use it free of charge. It needs to be saved. But at the moment, it's getting close to me biffing a bulldozer for it because it just gets rid of the bloody headache. But apparently I need to apply for resource consent to do that too <laughs> and got to pay another fee. Yeah, every, everything's pain. I mean, we like a, like I, I keep saying, you know, we're the only species on this planet who have to pay someone we don't know just to live, which is which is a scam in itself. It's extortion. Um, now, I want to take people through to the personal toll. Now, we know that there's a financial toll. That also has a bearing on your emotional stability. But the personal toll and the emotional distress it's caused you and your family and kids and that sort of stuff has actually got to the point where you have become at times thinking about topping yourself true oh well i'm not allowed to say that because i've got bail conditions on me now um of course i don't want to do that i've got three kids and a wife that i love um but the toll this toll it's just it's heartbreaking like i'm not allowed to run my businesses no more. I'm not allowed to provide for my family no more. I'm not allowed to rent out these properties. I'm not allowed to what wipe my bum with two ply toilet paper. Um, my businesses used to probably give fifty to a hundred thousand dollars away to check well, not to charities, but to people that we knew that were in need. I'd prefer to give it to people that we knew. Yeah. Um, my wife actually runs an animal rescue from home, and she's could be losing all that too. And all because of these people in power well not real estate agents not in power but all these people that make mistakes don't want to fix them and it if i did this for my business if i did that to one of my customers i'd be in court tomorrow and in charge but because the real estate authority is in charge of real estates they've got their own rules their own awards this real estate agent that sold me this property got a he won an award for best salesman in the area well duh he's the only mike pira real estate in kaiapoi how can you not get gold when you're giving yourself awards? True. He had, I think, 20, 20 reviews on his Google page about how good he was from his wife and all his other real estate agents that he worked for him. It's just mind-blogging when you start researching it, how dodgy these people are, and they think that the sun don't shine at their ass. Our, um, and that's wrong. Our audience is actually right up there in the intelligence stakes the iq uh, combined iq of oh. our audience is massive so they will easily work out um who the person was anyway you don't have to say it they can easily work it out oh that property who sold it hello um there it is um now you mentioned before and i bet the audience at this point juncture will be saying what bail for what let's get into your more than one yeah, arrest well, more than one arrest um basically because all these complaint processes have taken their toll on me mentally, I've, I'm a lover, not a hater. Um, I've become quite verbal with saying stuff over the phone. So, like the ombudsman, of course, their complaint process has dragged out that long. I was like, fuck it, let's bulldoze the bloody church down and get rid of it. Yeah. And I don't care what happens. Um, Fictitious use of a phone, that is. Um, you learn this stuff, dragged off to court, 31 days in prison um okay you got 31 days 
just just so the audience yep. realizes 31 days only because you yep. could not get in front of a judge right so you spent even yep. your wife at the time didn't even know why you were there didn't know how long you were going to yep. be when you were going to be released no. they were given no information yep um the police turned up said yeah off to the police off to the cells in front of a judge and he goes oh well we will have your case in 31 days off the men's prison with all the glass barbecue meth addicts and i was the only one in there without a face tattoo it's a bloody eye-opening world in there um and here i am the victim in prison and my kids are crying wife's upset obviously everyone's upset get out of prison and then the cops still turn up in just, fact I, in fact just there this is important for the people to understand and I don't want to keep cutting you off. I'm just trying to keep us in a in a flow where people can actually keep up with the story and what's actually happening. Because I know you've lived it. Um, you've probably recited it so many times. The frustration gets to you. Yeah. And so I understand. So I'm trying to help them by slowing it down so they can keep up and actually start feeling what you would have felt at any given, at a snapshot in time. I was on the phone to you uh night before last, actually, when we were discussing... Yeah. Uh, bringing this to yep. air because <clears throat> we'd done the research and things behind it. And uh, lo and behold, you get arrested while you're on the phone to me. Yep. No, ex- it's bloody, explain, um, explain that one as the well. Police, the, police, the police have been at my house, I'd say, probably over 50 times and within a year, probably even more than that. They just come out to do a welfare check to see if I'm okay. I say, well, matter of fact, I'm not okay. I'm fighting this battle that I shouldn't have to fight. Oh, it's a civil matter. We can't help you. Um, so, yeah, got 31 days in prison, got released with no bail conditions, time served, free to go home, free to live your life. Well, attempt to live your life. Um, then, of course, when I was on the phone to you again, arrested again. Um, apparently, the ombudsman weren't happy that I phoned them up again to say, hang on a minute, this is taking its toll. Where's the outcome? And there was stuff from the paperwork that stated that I didn't do enough due diligence. Well, I didn't provide them with all my due diligence due to the fact that I was only going on about the council complaint. Like I was, I was only complaining that the council lady gave me the wrong information. Yeah. It, that other people had to give did give me the wrong information. However, they didn't know that. My my safety check was on the council. Um. So yeah, arrested again. Now I've got bail conditions. I'm not allowed to basically mention self harm, mentioning blowing up a church that I physically own. Um, not allowed to phone up ombudsmans and not, not allowed to do this and not allowed to do that. And why? Not allowed to speak. Do I let them win? No. So in other words, so it's like, yeah. in other words, you're not allowed to show very real human emotion when you're at your wit's oh. end. Yep, I am at my wit's end, but you're not going to turn up to someone's house and give them flowers and chocolates and say thank you for destroying my life. Exactly, and I'll tell you what else I'm not you don't violent, do. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not violent, so I'm not going to go and punch anyone or not going to go and – that doesn't achieve anything. Yeah. It's just they don't understand how much toll they've taken on not just me. Like, I can handle it, but my wife and kids. And, uh, and, yeah, the, and the tragedy of all this as well is because this is so emotional, because it's had such a toll – the courts don't deal in that sort of thing. They're all process and procedure. They're prize courts. And what happens is if you say to someone, like if you and I were joking, say we were joking around and we say, you're bloody nutter, I'll, I'll 
I'll, I'll kill you. And you go, hi, I'll kill you too, you prick. You know what I mean? It's it's banter. It's what we do as yep. larrikins all the time. In court, that will read like this. And he said, I am going to kill you. That's yep. how it will no, come he, across. I, I, never, I never threatened anyone else. I'm not that stupid. Um, yep. I threatened myself and I threatened a building that I physically own. Um, I was one of the courts that made me write an apology letter to myself, to be honest, because that's how stupid it was sounded. Yeah. But they still don't want to do anything to help. I mean, it's against the law what's happened. But you go through all the paperwork and no one will do anything. And, of course, now you're bankrupt. You're not allowed to employ a lawyer. You're not allowed to sue. You're not allowed to fight. What do I do? Just give up. Okay. That is an important point right there. I knew we would arrive at that juncture we just have. Why? Now, here's no, – just uh, let's bring people back into the back into the shot here. A successful businessman, two businesses. Wife runs a um, animal rescue at home. Help you guys both help the community. Vibrant, happy, everything good. Basically, the type of neighbors anyone would want. So it's not like you didn't have money. You're you've been helping everyone. Spend a lot of money. How the hell? Did you get bankrupted? And how did they take control of all of your affairs to the point you can't even do anything now? Yep. Well, they, they removed the mortgage from that property and put it onto my family home. So, of course, I wasn't allowed to rent it out. So I was planning on getting $700 a week. So was, we were struggling a little bit. Um, I owed someone $5,000 in the high court. I went to high court and it was paid $400, $100 a week or $400 a month. Never missed a payment. But the second payment came out of my bank on the 28th, and that was enough to bankrupt me without my knowledge. And then I get a phone call from the insolvency trust saying that we're going to seize your churches, seize your family home, seize any cars at over $5,000. And I said, what, over $5,000? I'll pay it now. And he was like, nope, it's more than $5,000. We put all your mortgages and everything in one. Well, even though they weren't in default, they just decided to – Nope, they're still not. As that, that happened a year and a half ago, and they're still not in default. I've still paid my mortgage every single month. Someone look if there's a if there's a competent uh, lawyer out there, because you've tried to do everything yourself. You've you've done all the right channels, all the you know what we would call in other areas chain of command. You've gone through all the the um what do they call it dispute resolutions, the whole lot to try to get some sort oh, no, of visibility. They- and nothing. Yeah, a dispute mechanism. The real estate, real estate authority. Come on, they they look after real estate agents. They don't look after the consumer. That paper yeah. works a hundred percent clearly. The real estate agent made a mistake. It says there are multiple occasions that he advertised it wrong online, but it's oh, still my fault. So if you go to the supermarket and buy gluten free bread, you've got gluten free bread. And if it had gluten, whose fault is it? Not the person that bought it. It's the person that put it in the packet wrong. That's right. This real estate agent just. Exactly. I can go into somewhere like um, the warehouse, not that I visit there much, but, um, or any other store. And if they're advertising a product for a specific price and they, and they've yet they're at their till, they've changed it to a higher price. They have to give it to me Mm. before they've advertised and they do. Um, And then they go and change it later. But the same thing here, they sold you something that was clearly not. Exactly. And that's the only reason you bought it because they said, Hey, we've got a property for sale. 
here it is. You think, hey, I've got a future plan for that. Awesome. Um, okay, cool. I've seen that. I'm now going to check with the people so I can get the mortgage, make sure that's all good. Yep, that's done. Okay, cool. Uh, council, everything okay? Everyone? Yep. Are we set, team? Let's go. Boom. You hit the wall. Yeah, hit the wall and, and they recourse. run for cover and they run scared. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I just get a bit addicted to making stupid YouTube videos, um, paying people overseas like 20 or 40 bucks to make some random line. And I got the police turning up for that too, saying it was damaging his business. Um, What about my business? What about my rental properties? It's just, he just phones the police up every time something goes online um, to get me to shut up, basically. It would be better and cheaper if he just fixed the mistake, eh? That would have been a hell of a lot easier. I mean, you wouldn't be in the predicament. Your family would be happy. The community oh, would still be benefiting yeah. from your um, your wellness. Oh, the, wife, um, the, the, the wife is still, she she's a lovely, lovely woman. She um, still helps out the community on a daily basis. Um, saving chickens, I know it sounds odd, but yeah. Yeah, but chickens like, give eggs, then you give Monday eggs away. Tuesday. Well, that's what she does. Um, yeah. She gives eggs. Every Monday, drives around and delivers eggs to people that need food and help out that many people that every night we cook food for us as, as a family we always cook extra because we grow all our own meat so we're always giving food away to the homeless or the people in need in the community but now we get treated like this it's just <clears throat> Carmen needs to wake up and start helping me yeah so I wouldn't want to be in your shoes that's for sure and um, believe no, me I think no I one think would any male who would say they've never been in a position, if they've got a family, because as males, um, so just people know, real males, by the way, adult males, who who are able to procreate <laughs> with an adult female who is able to get pregnant and procreate that way. Um, <laughs> we we um, have this hunt, hunter-protector thing going on yeah. if we can't um resource our family if we can't look after them we can't protect them and if we can't uh, provide for them that oh, it's heartbreaking gets to us yeah and yeah. actually that's kills what, us inside yeah and that's yeah. where a like, lot of family violence actually comes from believe it or not because oh no, we, no not not here she's she's no, more no, stronger no, no, than no. me <laughs> i'm talking about in general believe it i know what you mean i'm raised in south auckland i know what family violence is like we, we used to hear it all the time um and that it was usually always come down to lack of money, lack of the yep. dad or the partner, or whatever, unable to facilitate or create um, a safe place and and you know where everyone can be supported, and it, and you take it out on those closest to you because they're a mirror to your inadequacies that that you see in yourself. And it's a horrible thing to place to be. I've been there. I, I'm I'm there every now and then. You know, this doesn't this you do not become rich. Telling the truth. And uh, doing the right thing, you just don't. We're, we're well, proof of I, that. We struggle by like like you are now. I don't want to be rich. I just want to be happy, and my kids not cry, the wife not get upset, the police not turning up. I mean, before this, I never even had any contact with the police except for the old speeding ticket once every three or four years. Um, but That's now, almost a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Got to got to do this stuff. Got to be young, dumb, and full of something sometimes. Um, but this here is just taking its toll on me. Sometimes the police even turn up and encourage me to do what I'm doing because they know it's not right, but they can't do anything to help. So mm. where do you turn to? If the 
what options have I got left? I don't want to see my kids and wife homeless. I don't want to not run my businesses. I just want what's right. And I don't think it's too much to ask. Back to your um, the official SNE. Some uh, people give me um, heaps because yeah. I say assignee. I, I pronounce the G. It's just like, you know what I mean. He won't, even, he won't even talk to me. Um, he told me I was bankrupt, and I said, no, I'm not. I never went to the courts. Things. I'm not bankrupt. I'm still paying all my bills. If there's a $5,000 bill, I'll pay it straight away now. And he was like, we're taking over ownership of everything. You'll be out of your house by Christmas. And this was like a year and a half ago, and it's still nothing happened. And the figure has not been finalized. It just drags out and drags out and drags out. Um, because so usually you're bankrupted mortgage. for a certain amount. So if they've bankrupted you 5000 and they'll probably double that with their own fees, just like um, some of these liquidators do. It's just usually the assets of whatever they've seized turn out to be the bill they charge for administering the affairs. That's what a rip-off scam it is. Um, yep. So for 5000 let's just say throw out another 5000 if they're yeah, that tomorrow. criminal. I'd I'd pay that tomorrow if I can run my businesses and provide for my family and keep my properties. But there should be a way for you to just go to the court to have your bankruptcy discharged. Because all it is, you got bankrupted because they see you didn't have the money. Well, you got the money, go pay it, boom, it's all over. You're back to back to life. Nope, because I'm not allowed to pay any debt. I'm not allowed to pay any debt for my own bank accounts or my business bank accounts. I'm not allowed to employ anyone. I'm not allowed to even not allowed to buy a coffin over five thousand bucks. I'm not allowed to own a vehicle over five thousand bucks. I mean, I've got probably two hundred thousand dollars worth of cars at home. I mean, it's just an eye opener. This world that they think that they live in that they've got that much power. Yeah. Well, but it takes people to stand up. But standing up takes its toll on you. Like, I can handle it. I can handle the shit. But I don't want my kids or wife to handle it no more. Yeah. Especially when like, well, it's not even like... my it's not even my mistake. It's their mistake. And yeah. that's what, if it was my mistake, we'd be sweet with it. Like, we'd just start again. But because it's other people's mistakes, nah, I'm not stopping fighting. Not until I'm out of my last breath. Not until they actually stand up and fix it. But I don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. And just, just for clarification for the audience, because like I said, they're not stupid. And just for those who will be watching this, because the cops and intelligence, intelligence agents watch everything we do, because it usually ends up in affidavits and courts against us, because we know what it's like to be attacked believe, yep. by the state, believe me, <laughs> um, that there was a time that you felt so frustrated. And it's the frustration to try to get someone somewhere to listen, to just say, hey, let me help you. Right? Yep. That's so all you, I want. But it, that's all I want. And I'm, I'm not... I, did say bad stuff about my own life um, to the obviousman and, and I've got three kids and a wife. I'm not going to do that. But it's to that point that, I mean, a coroner could investigate this in a week. Why does the obviousman take three years? Yeah. That's what I said to the obviousman. That was my only words I basically said. I said, like, I've had enough of this shit and anyone would. But yeah. that was against the law. Now I'm the criminal. But when they advertise something wrong and they fuck up, they're not the criminal. That's confusing to me. Yeah, that's um, the system stacked against us. Let's face it, there is not a law, a statute, a bylaw, nothing. There's nothing created by these parasitical leeches that actually enhance or give you a quality of life. 
it is there to subjugate, to tax, to levy, and to control your everything. And and but the whole system was set up to administer fictitious entities like companies and that, intercompany disputes and that. That's what the whole system was set up for. We have a different one over here that was meant to be, but it's been sidelined while the rest of us have been corporatized and brought under the same fold. Tax us to buggery. Um, and you're seeing it now firsthand where the courts don't give a damn. The council doesn't give a damn. Unless you pay the money, then all of a sudden they'd be your best friend and help you turn everything around. That's criminal. We, we, we bumped into the lovely human mayor at a, an event in Rangiora. Um, it was a kid's park thing. And he came up to my wife and apologised for what was happening. Now, I'm not very bright, but would you apologise if there was something not wrong? Like, why would you come up to me and my wife and say sorry for what's happening to you guys? That means he knows that they've made a mistake. Yeah. But he doesn't want to own up or help fix it. Shows you what kind of people they are. Is there any um, parting words you want to? Not parting as in you're leaving the planet, by the way. Let's just get that clear for those. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't that, say that. I'll get yeah, the police will be at my door that, in two seconds. Geez, flat. Don't. don't the next thing we'll have the black helicopters, paratroopers <laughs> jumping out to bloody take oh, well, it to the ground. I, it's quite I, um, funny. You're not my... even allowed to get frustrated and talk about taking your own life, but they can jab every bastard and actually maim and kill them. That's fine. How's yeah, that? Yeah. Well, what's even one of my companies that say I sell, um, I've got a con the concrete repair company, and I've also got a company selling slightly explosive material. Um, so it's, um, I'm not that dumb to mention it, but the police turned up here one day with 24 of them with the guns out and saying, oh, do you own an explosive company? And I was like, well, by law, it's kind of is, but kind of isn't. And, um, oh, the real estate agent's a bit upset that he's upset someone with an explosive company. And I said, well, he should be upset to upset anyone. It doesn't matter what businesses I've got. So that's why the cops all got turning up and getting scared and stuff. But I mean, I'm not that dumb. Like I've got, I don't want to turn into the criminal over them. Yeah. Well, we've got enough criminals and they're all in parliament. <laughs> but all the criminals are in power. That's what's wrong. That's what's got to change in New Zealand. We've got to get them out. We've got to get them out. Yeah, we've got to get smart. We've got to get smart in the way we do it too. Uh, we've got to make sure that no one, no one mail in any of your, your 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 voting papers. Don't mail in your ballots. Vote on the day. Have scrutinism in everyone. Everyone do a separate count and then see what comes out at the other end and we'll compare the side to see if it's... um. If it's right, yep. Because and red I'm and blue pill you, are the same pill. Exactly right, and it's a uni party, just like in in the, in the US. They're both betting for the same side, and the ball they're using is you guys. I really appreciate that, Peter. Um, I want uh, you. Thank to you keep very us, much for the time. Yeah, I'll I want you to posted. keep us up to that. Yes, we definitely want to follow the story through as well. And any and especially if you hear from the ombudsman, if he ever I don't know wakes up, and actually does <laughs> something, let us know. Uh, I. I got the half report last week and it, it was just mind blowing. The information was so incorrect and the other people at the front desk would not answer that question. Huh? Isn't that their job? Yeah. Like where else would you go to find that information? Exactly. So the, so the real estate told you lemon, the, uh, Anderson and associates, um, said, yep, no, that lemon is good to go. 
Um, yep. Probably kill the common cold. And uh, the council <laughs> said, yes, it is residential. What else do you expect? Because I've just checked the computer and council's yep. always right, apparently. Um, and apparently. then you were, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're in um, up yeah. Shit Creek without a paddle. Mm-hmm. And they just run away scared, crying, editing stuff and saying, oh, no, it's your fault. You didn't do enough research or due diligence. Yeah. Um, well, who, I couldn't do any more. Well, I think you've done, by the sheer weight of evidence that you believe me, you've done all you can. So let's hope the well, ombudsman actually The bank, would, the bank wouldn't in. give you a mortgage if you didn't have enough due diligence. Exactly right. Um, unless they too are going to jump on the other side. Mind you, banks don't give a crap anyway. And I'll be talking yeah. about I'll be talking about the whole banking scam and um, its effects on us and that and in an upcoming episode. Um, now, thanks very much. Hang in there. You've got no, no, don't say around. that. Don't say that. That's probably against my bail conditions. Saying hanging in there, hang in there, not hang on there. Just saying. <laughs> or, yeah, actually, the only thing that's making it good is the humour. I've got to just. So if I say hang humor. on a minute, yeah, yeah, know? yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, well, just, so just just to let everyone know, no, he's not suicidal. He's not going to take no, his I'm own not. life. Um, everything no, is fine. A he's church going... might be coming to the ground that I physically own, but I don't want that to happen. I'd prefer to save it, but I'd prefer them to step up and fix it. Yep. Sleeves are rolled up. He's still in the fight. He ain't giving it up. They've got their foot on the gas, and they're not taking off for anyone. Well, neither is he. And the people have a faster car, believe me. We'll yep. get to the finish Sweet. line first. Thanks, Peter. We'll... Uh, Keep everyone Thank you so much. Go forward. You're welcome. And then, of course, Peter Gillen, uh, his story. These things play out quite a lot throughout the country, as most of you will probably know. Uh, but we are all about facts and evidence. If Mike Pura Real Estate has... Remember, Mike Pura no longer owns Mike Pura Real Estate. It's just a brand name. So he's not part of this. If Mike Pura Real Estate wants to challenge what we have um, brought to you, by all means, you have an open invitation to come on here and put your side. Um, We are more than happy to have that discussion with you. We would like, of course, for yourself to meet with Peter or go to the council and try and come to some sort of arrangement. This thing has morphed into something it just shouldn't be. So we'd like to to extend that invitation to you to come on, uh, Councilman, and or let us know how it got how you got on by trying to remedy the situation. You know, it's okay to make mistakes. Remedy them. That's all you have to do. So, you know, put restore a family back to their former glory instead of continuing to be part of the reason why it's been destroyed. Now, as promised, we played you a clip earlier of Dr. Martin's address to the third um, COVID summit, I think, at the European Union. Um, And it was only a few weeks ago. And the information contained within vindicated, absolutely vindicated and backed up everything we have been saying on Counterspin Media. There is no virus, there never was. The bioweapon is the jab. The jab is the bioweapon. It's designed for one thing only. Or gain a function research never went into creating a virus. It went into creating a jab that they laughingly call a vaccine to do the very thing they told you to get the vaccine for, the jab for. He brings the receipts. We encourage you to watch it. Watch it all. Share it widely. 
with your family and friends. The sooner everyone realizes, especially those people who attacked us so viciously, when they realize they are wrong, we were right all along. We'll accept your apology. Just side with us. Let's get the facts and evidence together, which is already there. And together, let's start removing the vermin that's out to uh, destroy, especially New Zealand. It's a controlled demolition of our entire lives, our country, our infrastructure, our finances, everything. Sovereign debt's melting down across the world. You're paying more now for the same thing. Not because it's become any more expensive by way of appreciation, but because your money's devalued so much that everything's going up. So we want you to, like I said, watch the end of this. Dr. David Martin with the European Union. We'll be back on the next episode with some more facts and evidence-based journalism. And um, hopefully from now on, people might take us a little more seriously when we say something and we are adamant about it no matter what. We're always told when we were younger, question everything. And also when you know damn well you're right, you stick your feet in the ground, you stay solid, even if the world's against you. We knew we were right. It's now proven we were right. The real science backs us, not anybody else. We'll see you next time. Dr. David E. Martin, speaking at the European Union's third international COVID summit held in Brussels on May the 3rd, 2023. It is a a particularly interesting location for me to be sitting today, given that Over a decade ago, I sat in this very chair right here in the European Union Parliament. And at that time, I warned the world of what was coming. Uh, During that conversation that was hosted at the time by the Green and EFA and a number of the other parties of the European Union's uh, various representations, we were having a conversation on whether Europe should adopt the United States policy of allowing for the patents on biologically derived materials. And at the time, I urged this body and I urged people around the world that the weaponization of nature against humanity had dire consequences. Tragically, I sit here today um, with that unfortunate line that I don't like to say, which I told you so. But the fact of the matter is we're here not for a reprisal on past decisions. We're here to actually once again come to the face of the human condition and ask the question, who do we want to be? What do we want humanity to look like? And rather than seeing this as an exercise in futility, which is very easy from time to time when you're in the position I'm in, I actually see this not as an exercise in futility. I see this as one of the greatest opportunities that faces us because we now have a public conversation, which is now front and center in people's minds. When this was an esoteric conversation about biological patents, nobody cared. But when that conversation came home, then it became something people can care about. So I'm actually quite grateful for this opportunity. I thank the members of parliament for hosting this. I thank all of the translators who I apologize in advance. I will use terminology that is probably very difficult to translate, so my apologies. And I'd also like to acknowledge the fact that many of you are aware of my involvement with this 
in large part due to the amazing work of my wonderful wife, Kim Martin, who encouraged me at the very early days of this pandemic to get on front of the camera and talk about all the information that I had been sharing among very small groups around the world. And it was, in fact, her encouragement that put me in a place where many of you have heard what I have to say. Ironically, the world that I came from that used to be very popular, my CNBC and Bloomberg presentations, which were televised on mainstream media around the world, was an audience that I lost. I, I can confidently say COVID diminished my fame. But I can also confidently say that I'd rather stand among the people with whom I'm standing today than any of the folks that were part of that previous world. So this is a much better place to be. My role today is to set the stage for this conversation in a historical context, because this did not come in the last three years. This did not come in the last five or six years. This actually is an ongoing question that probably began here in Europe in the early stages of the mid-1900s, but certainly by 1913, 1914, this conversation started right here in Central Europe. The pandemic that we alleged to have happen in the last few years also did not happen overnight. In fact, the very specific pandemic using coronavirus began in a very different time. And we'll try to advance the slides here with one of these things. Oh, there we go. Most of you don't know that coronavirus as a model of a pathogen was isolated in 1965. Coronavirus was identified in 1965 as one of the first infectious replicatable viral models that could be used to modify a series of other experiences of the human condition. It was isolated once upon a time associated with the common cold. But what's particularly interesting about its isolation in 1965 was that it was immediately identified as a pathogen that could be used and modified for a whole host of reasons. And you heard me correctly, that was 1965. And by the way, these slides are public domain. You're welcome to look at every single reference. Every comment that I made is based on published material. So do make sure that you look at those references. But in 1966, the very first COV coronavirus model was used as a transatlantic biological experiment in human manipulation. And you heard the date, 1966. I hope you're getting the point of what I'm saying. This is not an overnight thing. This is actually something that's been long in the making. A year before I was born, we had the first transatlantic coronavirus data sharing experiment between the United States and the United Kingdom. And in 1967, the year I was born, we did the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. Isn't that amazing? 56 years ago, the overnight success of a pathogen that's been 56 years in engineering. And I want that to chill with all of you. Where were we when we actually allowed, in violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties, where were we as a human civilization when we thought it was an acceptable thing to do to take a pathogen for the United States and infect the world with it?
Where was that conversation? And what should have been that conversation in 1967? That conversation wasn't had. Ironically, the common cold was turned into a chimera in the 1970s. And in 1975, 1976, and 1977, we started figuring out how to modify coronavirus by putting it into different animals, pigs and dogs. And not surprisingly, by the time we got to 1990, we found out that coronavirus as a infectious agent was an industrial problem for two primary industries, the industries of dogs and pigs. Dog breeders and pigs found that coronavirus created gastrointestinal problems, and that became the basis for Pfizer's first spike protein vaccine patent filed, are you ready for this, in 1990. Did you hear what I just said? 1990, Operation Warp Speed, I'm sorry, Where's the warp and the speed? Pfizer, 1990, the very first spike protein vaccine for coronavirus. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it fascinating that we were, we were told that, well, the spike protein is a new thing. We just found out that that's the problem. No. As a matter of fact, we didn't just find out it was not just now, now the problem. We found that out in 1990 and filed the first patents on vaccines in 1990 for the spike protein of coronavirus. And who would have thought? Pfizer. Clearly the innocent organization that does nothing but promote human health. Clearly Pfizer. The organization that has not bought the votes in this chamber and in every chamber of every government around the world. Not that Pfizer. Certainly, they wouldn't have had anything to do with this. But oh, yes, they did. And in 1990, they found out that there was a problem with vaccines. They didn't work. You know why they didn't work? It turns out that coronavirus is a very malleable model. It transforms and it changes and it mutates over time. As a matter of fact, every publication on vaccines for coronavirus from 1990 until 2018, every single publication concluded that coronavirus escapes the vaccine impulse because it modifies and mutates too quickly for vaccines to be effective. And since 1990 to 2018, that is the published science, ladies and gentlemen. That's following the science. Following the science is their own indictment of their own programs that said it doesn't work. <clears throat> And there are thousands of publications to that effect, not a few hundred, and not paid for by pharmaceutical companies. These are publications that are independent scientific research that shows unequivocally, including efforts of the chimera modifications made by Ralph Barrick in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. All of them show vaccines do not work on coronavirus. That's the science. And that science has never been disputed. But then we had an interesting development in 2002. And this date is most important. Because in 2002, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, patented, and I quote, an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus. Listen to those words, infectious replication defective. What does that phrase actually mean? 
For those of you not familiar with language, let me unpack it for you. Infectious replication defective means a weapon. It means something meant to target an individual but not have collateral damage to other individuals. That's what infectious replication defective means. And that patent was filed in 2002 on work funded by NIAID's Anthony Fauci from 1999 to 2002. And that work, patented at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, mysteriously preceded SARS 1.0 by a year. <gasps> Dave, are you suggesting that SARS 1.0 wasn't from a wet market in Wuhan? Are you suggesting it might have come from a laboratory in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill? No, I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you that's the facts. We engineered SARS. SARS is not a naturally occurring phenomenon. The naturally occurring phenomenon is called the common cold. It's called influenza-like illness. It's called gastroenteritis. That's the naturally occurring coronavirus. SARS is the research developed by humans weaponizing a life system model to actually attack human beings. And they patented it in 2002. And in 2003, giant surprise, the CDC filed the patent on coronavirus isolated from humans in violation, once again, of biological and chemical weapons treaties and laws that we have in the United States. And I'm very, very precise on this. The United States likes to talk about its rights and everything else and the rule of law and all the nonsense that we like to talk about. But we don't ratify treaties about, I don't know, defending humans. We conspicuously avoid that. We actually have a great track record of advocating for human rights and then denying them when it comes to actually being part of the international community, which is a slightly problematic thing. But let's get something very clear. When the CDC in April of 2003 filed the patent on SARS coronavirus isolated from humans, what did they do? They downloaded a sequence from China and filed a patent on it in the United States. Any of you familiar with biological and chemical weapons treaties knows that's a violation. That's a crime. That's not an innocent oops. That's a crime. And the United States Patent Office went as far as to reject that patent application on two occasions until the CDC decided to bribe the patent office to override the patent examiner to ultimately issue the patent in 2007 on SARS coronavirus. But let's not let that get away from us because it turns out that the RT-PCR which was the test that we allegedly were going to use to identify the risks associated with coronavirus, was actually identified as a bioterrorism threat by me in the European Union-sponsored events in 2002 and 2003, 20 years ago. That happened here in Brussels and across Europe. In 2005, this particular pathogen was specifically labeled as a bioterrorism and bioweapon platform technology. Described as such, that's not my terminology that I'm applying to it. It was actually described as a bioweapons platform technology in 2005. And from 2005 onwards, it was actually a biowarfare enabling agent, its official classification from 2005 forward. 
I don't know if that sounds like public health to you. Does it? Biological warfare enabling technology. That feels like not public health. That feels like not medicine. That feels like a weapon designed to take out humanity. That's what it feels like. And it feels like that because that's exactly what it is. We have been lured into believing that EcoHealth Alliance and DARPA and all of these organizations are what we should be pointing to. But we've been specifically requested to ignore the facts that over $10 billion have been funneled through black operations through the check of Anthony Fauci and a side-by-side -side ledger where NIAID has a balance sheet and next to it is a biodefense balance sheet equivalent dollar-for-dollar -dollar matching that no one in the media talks about. And it's been going on since 2005. Our gain-of-function moratorium the moratorium that was supposed to freeze any efforts to do gain-of-function research. Conveniently, in the fall of 2014, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, received a letter from NIAID saying that while the gain-of-function moratorium on coronavirus in vivo should be suspended, because their grants had already been funded, they received an exemption. Did you hear what I just said? A biological weapons lab facility at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, received an exemption from the gain-of-function moratorium so that by 2016, we could publish the, the journal article that said, SARS coronavirus is poised for human emergence in 2016. And what, you might ask, Dave, was the coronavirus poised for human emergence? It was W. IV-1, Wuhan Institute of Virology Virus 1, poised for human emergence in 2016 at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, such that by the time we get to 2017 and 2018, the following phrase entered into common parlance among the community there is going to be an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen. The operative word, obviously, in that phrase, the word release. Does that sound like leak? Does that sound like a bat and a pangolin went into a bar in the Wuhan market and hung out and had sex, and, and lo and behold, we got SARS-CoV-2? No. Accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen was the terminology used and four times in April of 2019, seven months before the allegation of patient number one, four patent applications of Moderna were modified to include the term accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen as the justification for making a vaccine for a thing that did not exist. Keep going. If you have not done so, please make sure that you make reference in every investigation to the premeditation nature of this, because it was in September of 2019 that the world was informed that we were going to have an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen so that by September 2020, there would be a worldwide acceptance of a universal vaccine template. That's their words right in front of you on the screen. The intent was to get the world to accept a universal vaccine template, and the intent was to use coronavirus to get there.
And the last slide. This isn't advancing, so if I could have somebody do it. Let's, let's read this because we have to read this into the record everywhere I go. Until an infectious disease crisis is very real, present, and at the emergency threshold that is often largely ignored. To sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, he said, we need to increase the public understanding for the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-influenza or pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. Sounds like public health? Sounds like the best of humanity? No, ladies and gentlemen, this was premeditated domestic terrorism stated at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in 2015, published in front of them. This is an this is an act of biological and chemical warfare perpetrated on the human race, and it was admitted to in writing that this was a financial heist and a financial fraud. Investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process. Let me conclude by making five very brief recommendations. The last slide. Nature was hijacked. This whole story started in 1965 when we decided to hijack a natural model and decide to start manipulating it. Science was hijacked when the only questions that could be asked were questions authorized under the patent protection of the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and their equivalent organizations around the world. We didn't have independent science. We had hijacked science. And unfortunately, there was no moral oversight in violation of all of the codes that we stand for. There was no independent, financially disinterested, independent review board ever impaneled around coronavirus, not once. Not once. Not since 1965. We do not have a single independent IRB ever impaneled around coronavirus. So morality was suspended for medical countermeasures. And ultimately, humanity was lost because we decided to allow it to happen. Our job today is to say no more gain-of-function research, period. No more weaponization of nature, period. And most importantly, no more corporate patronage of science for their own self-interest unless they assume 100% product liability for every injury and every death that they maintain. Thank you very much. Slow recovery. Virus infections, injections, connections can all leave a toxic residue. Spike proteins are the hooks on the outside of the virus that attach to your cells. Spike proteins fit like a key into these ACE receptors, unlocking cellular walls. Spike proteins are still found in the body months after an exposure, leaking from the intestine into the bloodstream, hitting ACE receptors which can disrupt normal blood and heart processes, meaning slower recovery for people who can't break them down. Spike Detox is a formula to support your body in normal functions, including detox, after exposure to glycoproteins. Inspired by four everyday plant medicines, two plants that support cells, two plants that support detox. Cell support, 
supercomputers predicted black seed and quercetin have molecules that fit the ACE receptor to protect it, supporting normal heart and blood and normal cell walls. Detox support. Spikes are glycoprotein. Some people can break down glycoprotein quickly. Others benefit from extra support. Pineapple's bromelain enzymes break down glycoproteins, like when pineapple juice tenderizes steak. Bromelain dissolves glycoproteins, supporting natural detoxification for people who need it. Acetylcysteine is a stable form of amino acid cysteine inspired by similar compounds in garlic, an antioxidant powerhouse shown to increase bromelain's ability to dissolve spikes. Spike Detox supports normal heart and blood, supports normal cell walls, supports natural detoxification, because not everyone is bouncing back quickly. Spike Detox is available from extralife.co.nz. Enter promo code CSM at checkout for $10 off your order, and Extra Life will make a special donation to Counterspin. Extra Life. For maximum longevity. This product is a dietary supplement. It cannot diagnose, treat or cure any disease. These herbal extracts and nutrients support your body and its natural processes to maintain a state of wellness. If you are experiencing illness or disease, please consult a health professional. You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution, at counterspinmedia.com. And now, on the InfoWars Network, at band.video.